Thanks for hanging in there. It's Murphy Houston, Mile High Magazine. Another great Sunday it is in Colorado. A lot to talk about. And my good buddy, I'm so excited to have him on, as I do every time he comes on Mile High Magazine, Dr. John Torres from NBC News, formerly with Nine News. Remember, Dr. John? How are you, John? I'm doing well, Murph. How are you doing? Doing okay. Just uh, don't know how you keep up with the news. Day to day, it changes. I don't know. You must be doing homework all the time. You know, it's one of those, you know, one foot in front of the other and just keep going. And it's interesting. Every week I look at my schedule for the week on Sunday thinking, okay, there's not much going on. And then it just turns into just, you know, thing after thing after thing. It's just, and that's the nature of of the virus and the nature of the pandemic is very tricky and it just changes all the time. So we have to keep on top of it. So are you working in New York City or are you home down in Monument? I'm down in Monument for the most time, most part. Went back to New York City for a few days just to to get reacquainted with everybody and with all the new systems they have set up. But right. they still haven't they still haven't returned to office there completely. They're talking about doing that in the beginning of the new year, and we'll see what happens then. We were originally it was interesting. We were originally supposed to go back around Labor Day, and that got postponed because of the pandemic. Then it was supposed to be in October. That got postponed because of the pandemic. Um, and now they're talking early January. So we'll see. Like I said, it's a tricky pandemic, and you have to keep flexible, and that's the main thing that uh, they're doing. So what do they do, set you up with a studio at your house so you have a little camera time? Oh, yeah, I have, a, I have a studio here. They set me up with a really nice one. It was funny when we first started. They, like everybody else, you know, went, sent everybody home, and they were trying to learn how to do it from home. And with TV, it's a little bit different because, you know, there's a lot of live things going on. And right. They, they set me up with an iPad camera in my garage that was a studio. And you know Colorado is – it's an unheated garage. And it was great till about mid December, and then it was. Yeah. This was actually one time where I ended up. I had a, it was twenty five degrees in the garage. Oh. I, took, I had a I had a hit uh, TV hit at like five thirty in the morning because that's seven thirty New York time, and it was freezing. And I literally would take my coat off to do the segment and then put it right back on. And a couple producers were like, "You look like you're cold." I'm like, "Yeah, that's because I was. It was yeah. very cold." So they decided to move me indoors, and my poor wife. She was out there helping me with camera angles and things, and she was, you know, two coats, gloves, hat, the usual Colorado thing, and uh, so we decided to, uh, to move inside. Well, John, you're a smart guy. You ever hear of a thing called a heater? You could have put that in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have them, but those electric heaters, anybody who has you know, they take a while. Yeah, they take so a while. They, you, you do. They would just start getting warm about the time I finished. So Okay. Well, we're glad you're here. So let's, let's just hop right to it. The whole thing with the kids getting the vaccine, finally uh, part of it, the Pfizer okayed by the FDA. What do you think? What are your feelings about the 5- to 12-year-olds getting the vaccine? Yeah, and this is it's interesting because listening to the discussion, and it's, it's a four-step process. And so the FDA advisory committee goes through their thing, and they it's called the VRPAC, and they decide on whether to recommend it for this emergency use authorization, not approval, but authorization, meaning that, that they're doing it faster than they normally would, but not really cutting any corners. Uh, and they said, yes, let's do it. There was 18 members on the panel, 17 voted for, one abstained. And he abstained. He came out and said he abstained because he just uh, was a bit concerned about you know it being released to, to large populations and thought it should be restricted to more populations who needed it, as in people with pre-existing medical conditions or those with immune system issues. Other ones said, you know, that's that's going to be very confusing, and how do you know, and how does a parent know? So it's better if we make it available and let parents decide. And then the FDA, of course, says, you know, let's let's go ahead and go with that recommendation. And now it has to go through the CDC's part. Right. The CDC has to decide what to do. So that's part of the four-step process. Uh, so, you know, shots in arms fairly soon, and I think it's going to be 
a good thing. I know it's going to be a good thing because that population group, those 5 to 11 years old, they have been unprotected basically from birth to 11 years old up until this point. And if you look at the numbers, you know, a couple of weeks ago, children accounted for 117,000, over 117,000 cases of COVID over a week period. That was 25% of the cases in the U.S. And we know, you know, early in the pandemic, we talked about how children weren't affected that much, yeah. there that many cases. They didn't die. They didn't really have complications that much. But that much being the operative word, there have been over 100 deaths of children from COVID through the pandemic. Children are getting hospitalized at greater numbers. And so, you know, it affects them and they need that protection. And so there's two ways to look at it. One is, you know, getting them vaccinated will protect the population because it won't spread as much, but it also protects the children. And that's the thing I think parents need to focus on because a lot of parents are like, you know, I'm just worried about my child getting a vaccine in the study safe vaccine, only side effects were minimal, arm pain, fevers, kind of felt under the weather for a day or two, but no evidence of myocarditis in this age group, no evidence of Bell's palsy or any of those other things that we've seen. Um, so it's proving to be very safe and very effective, which is nice. Well, it is. And can you, Dr. John, can you compare it to like a flu shot? Most kids get flu shots. Is it going to be that exactly. kind of a thing? It's going to be that kind of a thing, and eventually it'll probably turn into a combination shot where we're going to get both at the same time. It's not there yet. But, yes, it's it's basically the same type of thing. And the flu shots, if you look at them, there's a variety of ones you can choose from. There's For children, there's the shot. There's the nasal spray. Uh, you can do different things depending on what the parents and the child decide. With this one, it's just a shot, but it's, a, it's this new technology they're using, mRNA, which uh, I got the Pfizer shot. I think you got either yeah. Pfizer or Moderna. One got of those, Pfizer. Right? Got Pfizer, yeah. Yeah, you got Pfizer as well. So that's the new technology, which is proving to be a very, very safe technology. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because when I do my Facebook Lives, when I talk to different people, they say, you know, one of the big concerns, and especially talking to people who have not gotten vaccinated, is they're not – one of the concerns is they're waiting until – more people get vaccinated to find out what might be the issues. It's the wait and see thing. And, and my uh, response to them is so far, 3 billion people in the world have been vaccinated. That's billion with a B. How many do they need to see? Uh, yeah. to vaccinated? I guess <laughs> it's, this is like the hugest trial we've ever had. Well, I, I know that as a result of the Delta variant, that there was a lot of surging, people getting back in the hospitals. In fact, it seems to be kind of rough here still in Colorado as far as ICU uses and beds running out. But now I see across the country, and you're out around the country, that cases are calming down a little bit. Do you see that? They, they are coming down a little bit. And if you look at the, the curves of the surges we've had, this is the fourth wave, essentially. You know, it's coming down, and it's dropped over 50% since, since September, which is great news. At the same time, we still need to keep on our toes because we've seen these curves before. We thought we've seen the light at the end of the tunnel, and all of a sudden, bam, we're back into it again. And like you mentioned, country-wise, we're dropping down. Certain areas are still staying high. And the thing you talked about, which is interesting, are the hospitalizations and the ICU beds. You have to remember that hospitalizations usually lag two weeks behind cases. So when cases come down, hospitalizations are still going to take two more weeks to start coming down. And even more so, deaths after that are still going to take a couple weeks. We're still seeing over 1,000 deaths a day. So it's you know nationwide. So you know it's one of those things that we still have a lot of people to take care of. We still need to make sure we don't go back into it. With If you look around the world, look at the U.K. right now. They are back into the thick of it. Yeah. They're having another surge there. And they think they're having another surge because they opened everything up. And it's just, you know, one of those things that people are going out to restaurants, they're going out to bars, they're intermingling, and that's causing the virus to spread. Plus, we're coming into our winter months, which makes it a little more uh, concerning. 
Well, it sure does. We're talking with Dr. John Torres from NBC News, formerly with Nine News right here in Denver, and a local guy that we love dearly. We're glad to have him on. Can you uh, update information about, and how bad is it, this new variant, the Delta Plus, I believe they call it? Right. It's a Delta Plus variant. And it's interesting, Murph, when you look at these variants, they do a couple of things. And this is the way viruses thrive and survive. And viruses have been around for millions and millions of years, billions of years. They, they survive by getting into our body and changing to make them more contagious, mostly a couple, sometimes more deadly, but mostly more contagious. And they think that this new variant might be a little bit more contagious than the Delta variant, but not much more. On top of that, viruses, kind of like people, they fight each other. Yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're always fighting for dominance. And so, you know, remember we had the Alpha variant here, which is the original one out of the UK? Right, right. And then the Delta variant took over because the Delta variant outfought the Alpha variant. Well, now this Delta, this new Delta Plus, it looks like it can't, it cannot outfight the Delta variant, that the Delta variant is still staying high. So there's some thinking that it's going to be part of the issue, but a small part, like 10%-ish kind of of the viruses that are out there, but we still have to worry about the Delta. So the good news is, it doesn't seem like it's any deadlier. It doesn't seem like it's spreading that much worse than the other one. The, the not as good news is it does seem to be spreading a little bit more. So it's it's what they call one a, a, a virus, a variant of interest, not of concern. So that's it, where we are. Is the vaccine uh, that we currently have still effective against Delta Plus? And it looks like it is. It's so new that they have they haven't really done the studies on it, but it looks like it is in real world scenarios where it's not overwhelming the va- the vaccine or overwhelming our immune systems, and so that's good. The uh, like I said, it appears to be a little bit more contagious, but not able to completely get around the vaccine, and the vaccine's efficiency might drop a little bit, but probably not much. So even with the booster shots, you know, right now we're finding out that the booster shots are pushing us back up into the mid ninety percent level of effectiveness, which is great. And it looks like with the booster shot, this is going to last a while. We're not going to need another one for hopefully a few years. So uh, it should cover it. Well, you mean I'm done getting shots? Holy cow. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> you know, and that's, that's living in the 20th, 21st century. You're never going to be done getting shots. And it's a, that's a good thing. And, and the one thing I always tell people is, you know, we sure we have this shot. We have the flu shot. Don't forget other things like your tetanus shot. You know, that's important because – as an ER doc, one of the last things you want is, you know, somebody to have issues because they got a simple scratch. And that's one of those things that we tend to forget about. Oh, absolutely. It's probably like shingle shots and pneumonia shots, all of them. Yeah, out shingle there. shots, pneumonia shots, all those things. They're important. And they're important. You know, if you look at human life expectancy, the biggest bump in human life expectancy came around the, the same time vaccines started coming out for the polio, smallpox, all those ones that we've been taking you know, for granted for years because we've always taken them. Well, prior to 1950, they didn't have those, and people were dying at very early ages, and now we're not. And so vaccines have gone a long way towards keeping us healthy. And this COVID thing, we might be getting shots like a flu shot year in and year out, you think? Yeah, right. It's going to become what's called endemic. So right now it's a pandemic, and then what typically happens is the pandemic ends, and the virus either completely goes away, as in the plague, if you remember. Yeah, I think, I think you were back then in the yeah. Middle Ages. Yeah, well, about the 1600s. That was my time. Yeah. Jeez. There you go. Yeah, so the plague came through and it just left. You know, it's, not a, it's around every now and then, but not much. But things like this can become what we call endemic viruses, meaning that they're always here and they pop up every now and then. Measles is the perfect example. You know, vaccines keep it under control, but every now and then you hear about an outbreak in, in Minnesota or someplace and they get in there and they vaccinate people and 
and quarantine people and they keep it under control, that'll be COVID. Yeah, that's probably true. But I got to ask you, you know, a lot of people don't get the vaccine because they don't like shots, period. Kids probably aren't going to like shots. What's all the hubbub about this new Merck pill? Can you talk about that? Right. And what they're doing, too, is they're doing some things where uh, the, they're trying they're looking into pills to find out how well it would work at getting us vaccinated or getting our immune systems set up or fighting off the virus. The problem is those take longer than the vaccines to develop. And part of the reason is because the vaccines we've been developing for so long that the technology is there. And it's just simple a matter of changing things a little bit. When it comes to injecting ourselves with a vaccine, it goes right into our muscle system, gets right into our, our bloodstream. The immune system starts working on it, and it starts developing the immune system response. When it comes to a pill, it has to go through our stomach, get through the stomach acid, get through our liver, which is it does a great job at filtering things out. And so it, it takes a lot longer process to develop those things. So we're not quite there yet, uh, but hopefully we will, and hopefully we have pills both to treat and to prevent but not quite there yet, so you still need the shot, unfortunately. Not unfortunately, but, you know. Well, it is the way it is right now. We're probably lucky to have that, but not everybody agrees it seems to be that way. And, John, before I let you go, one more thing. With the holidays rolling in and people are thinking, well, can we travel? We didn't do it last year. What's your advice for holiday travel? Yeah, and I thought the CDC put out some really good advice, and their advice is basically if you're vaccinated, go ahead and travel. But be careful. Obviously, if you're on public transportation, you're wearing masks. You're trying to social distance as much as possible. You know, I've been doing some traveling recently, and planes are very safe. You know, they're keeping people masked. They keep sanitizing things in between. They give you sanitary wipes to wipe everything down, which is great. Uh, but if you're not vaccinated, it's a different story, especially if you're going to places where other people might be more at risk of issues. Then you want to be careful, and you probably want to stay home. So, uh, again, it's, it's going to be one of those things, depending on what your status is. If you're vaccinated, have fun holidays. Try to do more things outside if you can. If you're inside, try to open windows if it's not too cold. You know, but just make sure that the, you know, the vaccinated people are the ones that are interacting with each other and, and not getting unvaccinated in there. And I know people don't want to hear that, but at the same time, that's still a concern because the virus does spread more once we get indoors, uh, and especially in cold weather. So we have to be careful. Well, Dr. John Torres, NBC News, formerly with a Nine News here in Denver. Always good to have you on Mile High Magazine, my friend. And you always have good, safe advice. And keep up the good work as usual. Thanks, Murphy. Always great to talk to you. Well, good to be on in Denver. This is your home, even though you're some kind of a New York big shot now. No, no. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, this is your home, Denver, Colorado, or Colorado, period. And that's it, Mile. Always, yeah. That's it, Mile High Magazine. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm Murphy Houston, and we'll talk to you next week.